Hey podcast, welcome back. My name is Jasmine Wonders. I am one of your co-hosts along with RJ Rome. Before we jump straight into the episode, I want to take a second to say thank you for being here. And if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe, leave us a comment on social with your thoughts. And now to the episode. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you for uh, joining us. Welcome to Married to My Writing. How are you today? I'm doing really well. Um, waking up. Yes. <laughs> but I'm doing really well and I'm, I'm very excited to be on the show and I'm um, excited to talk about my publishing journey in general. Yep. So um, introduce yourself. Um, I know you're originally from Pennsylvania and now you're in LA. Um, what kind of, I know you're writing romance. You want to do a little introduction? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, I'm originally from a suburb of Philadelphia in Pennsylvania. I lived there until, you know, 2016. So my my whole entire life I was in Pennsylvania. Um, but I've always really, um, I, I have a theater and acting background um, as well as singing. So um, my first love, I mean, I shouldn't say first because I always loved writing and it always meant something very um it meant something deeper to me than anything else writing, but my other love um, is acting and stage and um, being in front of a camera. And so really that's what I was doing on the East Coast. And um, I wanted to be, um, after going to New York City and um, doing a lot of improv and theater and um, acting classes there, I wanted to be out in LA uh, to be around film and to get involved with acting on the West Coast. And uh, also, I'm not going to lie, the weather definitely contributed to that decision to move. But um, yeah, that's um, that's who I am. Um, I have been writing novels since 2012. Uh, I wrote my first novel for NaNoWriMo, um, and that's really what picked all this back up for me. Um, I've been writing since I was a kid, but 2012 was the first time where I sat down and really was determined to finish a novel um, from beginning to end. And that's kind of what started it for me in terms of uh, deciding I wanted to be a professional writer um, and to do this first and foremost before anything else. So I wrote that first novel um, it is a romance novel, but I didn't realize I wanted to do romance at that point. But um, interesting, yeah. So it's um, it's been a very long journey for me. But eventually, you know, we moved out to LA, and um, I started taking writing classes out here, and just really slowly but surely realized what it was I really wanted to do. Um, and so, yeah, I've um, I published two standalone romance novels through Kindle Unlimited, Amazon, and I've written, I'm actually part of um, three other already published short story anthologies, and another one is coming out in December. So, and they're all romance, not uh, romance stories, or the two are the standalones. Gotcha. So what was your experience with KDP? Did you find it easy? So for me, uh, what helped is that I'm in the Alessandra Torre Inkers group, and I also did the Inkers Con before I ever decided to publish. So um, I wouldn't say it's easy. It is still a challenge to 
it's once you do it, it's easier to navigate and understand because you have to, it's like trial by fire. Like you have to kind of do things wrong to eventually get them right. right. Um, but being part of different writers groups and self-publishing groups and just being in a writer's community in general, um, 20 books to 50 K that's another one that I really love that being in groups like that really helped with um, like learning what you should do um, to kind of put me on the right path. I also find those groups helpful. Um, is there any one piece of advice that sticks out in your mind that you've heard? Yeah. So for me, um, promoting through the different groups and newsletters, um, that has been my that has been probably the best piece of advice I've ever received was investing and spending time with your newsletter and growing that list because people do read your newsletter and people do read their email in general. And if you send them something over email that says, Hey, I have a new book or it isn't even just that there's so many different things you can do with your newsletter that, you know, gauge interaction and gauge um, viewership that, it really, when you do have a sale and you do have a book that you want to talk about that's yours or maybe not yours, if you want to talk about any book, um, it really just helps um, building that readership with your newsletter group. It's so um, funny that you bring that up because I'm, I'm kind of struggling with that right now. I found that, that, like you just said, it's very important. I didn't realize how important it was. Um, so I'm trying to do a bunch of newsletter swaps right now. And, you know, build that readership, like you said, uh, and it's not easy. Um, I found that it's taking time. It really does. And um, one, one thing with newsletters I found too is um, I did a short story. I don't want to call it an anthology. It was more like um, I was with a group of writers and we were all romance, all the same genre. And that's like super helpful. Um, but we were, um, we each contributed one short story and it went up as like a limited edition um, book that you could get on book funnel. And that was it. Like we didn't sell it anywhere. Um, we didn't list it. And um, the, the idea was people who were readers who were going to grab that free book. Um, it was with the understanding that they were joining all of our different newsletters. And I really had a lot of success being part of that because um, people are joining, they're getting this free book. And I, we all had a story in the book. So it was a sample of our writing and getting people to join. So um, yeah, I, readers joining that um, it, I, I had, they would join and I did not get people unsubscribing from that because they already oh. knew what kind of writing you had and what they were, what they were joining. Right. Okay. So that's good to hear. Cause I just signed up for book funnel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Book funnel is such an excellent resource too. How do you stay consistent with that? Well, with writing. So my first thing is that I will always write first. Mm. Um, and so to me, it's like, you can't, you're, if you don't have a product, then it's not going to matter. Um, so it's like the most important thing to me is, okay, while being part of being, having an active newsletter and making sure that I'm also very active on my Facebook reader group, 
Um, those two things are very important to me, but the writing comes first. And so I am the kind of person where I will get, um, I, I love interacting with readers and with people, but I do need to take time away from the internet and social media and um, just kind of, you know, be in my own space writing and creating new content. Because to me, that's, that's why I'm doing this is to write and to have that space. And so I always like, I make sure that um, I, I, I have a day job as well. So I will plot out, well, (laughs) I will carve out time in the day when I'm not working that I have that time to just write. And so um, I stay consistent by making sure that I'm consistent with the writing because then I always have something that I can share, even if it's, even if I haven't published anything at the moment, um, I have snippets and I can talk about what I'm doing and what project I'm working on and, you know, generate that excitement from letting people know what projects are coming down the pipeline. And um, that definitely helps being part of, um, I have, a, I'm part of a, a Christmas anthology that's coming out in December. Um, and just being part of this group, they're called Love and Devotion. Um, they are a group of romance authors, but being part of that group and being part of their excitement helps too, because you're not doing this alone. And um, right. I, I just love that, but yeah, but just um, to kind of get back to the original question, staying consistent the writing comes first for me. And then after that, I just make sure that I'm scheduling posts on Facebook in my readers group and also um, scheduling posts um, for the newsletter. I plan it out for me that I am sending that newsletter out on the 15th of every month, which is, it coincides with um, another group that I'm in called wild romance authors they have their promo group. Um, you have to, you as an author, you get a slot and you post on that day. And so that's also on the 15th. So for me, um, I, my big day is the 15th where I'm, you know, making sure that I'm updating and like sending out a newsletter and um, posting on that Facebook group. And then just throughout, you know, you know, every day I try to post in the Facebook group that I have. Sounds like you're really busy. I don't know how you do this all with a full-time job, a full-time <laughs> yeah. day job. Yeah. I, I definitely struggle with the time management. Yeah, it can be very difficult. Um, and, you know, it. there are days where I, I don't post in the Facebook group and days where I don't get to, to write, but I try. I, I write almost every day. You said you were writing as a kid. Did you have like a moment where you knew you wanted to write? Well, it's funny because it's one of those things where I was always daydreaming before I knew how to write and always creating stories. And like, I was the person like who really loved the make-believe games. I mean, I think most kids do, but I was taking it to another level where when I was like seven, eight, I, we had just moved from one neighborhood to a new one. And in the new neighborhood, um, in the old neighborhood, I was the youngest kid. Um, in the new neighborhood, I was one of the older ones at even seven or eight, because um, most of them were just like really little. And so um, I remember walking around the neighborhood with three or four different kids. They were all like within that five to six year old range, and they're following me around. 
and I'm like their leader and I'm telling them ghost stories. And I like, I just remember like when I look back on this, I'm like, you know, I should, probably should have realized that I wanted to write at that point because all I wanted to do was lead them around the neighborhood and tell them ghost stories about things that had happened in our neighborhood, even though our neighborhood was brand new. So not much <laughs> happened there. <laughs> but they believed me. <laughs> you probably should have wrote those down. <laughs> yeah, probably. But I just remember, like, when I look back on my life as a writer, I'm like, okay, that probably should have been the moment where I kind of knew. But um, other than that, like, from a young age, I knew I wanted to be an actress and I wanted my family to know this about me. And so one time in my, I was one time in third grade, we had to put on not a show, but we were all like representing different real people in history. And so I was represent- representing Mary Cassatt, the artist, um, who's also from the Philadelphia area. And I just remember thinking, oh, I hope my performance is so good that people think I should be an actress. Well, my teacher went to my mom right in front of me. And here was the big moment. She was about to tell her that she thought I was a good actress. But what happened was my teacher said, you know, your daughter, Rachel, she should really be an author. And I was like, no, (laughs) I was like, no, that is not what I was trying for here. But you weren't supposed to say that. (laughs) Yeah. But I always look back on that. I'm like, I think my third degree teacher knew before I knew. That's always interesting to me because I didn't figure it out till much later what I wanted to do. It always amazes me when people are that young and just know or have an idea. Yeah. Or you think you want to be something else and you don't realize like, you know, the whole time what's been looking you right in the face. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But it's just, um, for me, it was, um, see the thing with me in writing is that, you know, I had that moment when I was a little kid. And then, um, as I grew older, um, as a teenager, um, I, so as a kid, as a little kid, I had a pretty idyllic childhood. And then as a teen, um, I really like a lot of very traumatic things started happening. And so um, for me, my, the way that I coped was writing. And that's kind of where the, the real change started to happen from um, teachers saying I should be a writer to me realizing that this was how I communicated because um, it was just for me, it was always easier if I was going through something hard or if I was feeling something that was very emotional, it was easier for me to go into a private room and write about it than it was for me to talk to someone about it. Um, so it, that's kind of where I really started to just write. And a lot of what I write now, um, I touch on a lot of mental health and I touch on characters who are going through some um, tough times. Like, yeah, it's always a romance and they always have that happily ever after, but some of my romances can be pretty angsty. And a lot of it, I kind of draw on, you know, being that kid who's writing about her emotions, her feelings again, um, except through the lens of a fictional character. So that's kind of where, you know, as a teen, things started to change where I was um, writing. It wasn't just what I wanted to do. It was something that it was, um, just something like that therapeutic. Yeah. And it became something that I couldn't live unless I was like, if I was, if I hadn't been able to write, 
then I probably would not have been able to process what I was going through. What was your mother's reaction to your third grade teacher telling her that? She just kind of was like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm thinking like retrospectively, it was probably better than her saying she wants to be an actress (laughs) or she should be an actress. (laughs) I don't know though. Um, You know, to be honest, I, um, I think it was kind of a surprise because um, I did not say to anyone, oh, I want to be an author. Like that wasn't, I did love to write short stories and I loved, um, I think my teacher might have said that because one of the subjects we had um, was language arts and it was literally all that whole entire period. um, It was literally just, here's, you know, here's a pencil, here's some paper, write a story. And I always used to love that. And that was like, you know, I, as a kid, and even now, I have come up with some pretty far-fetched ideas. So I I almost wonder if that contributed to that. But um, yeah, she, uh, my mom's reaction was, I think surprise is Mm. probably the best word. Have you ever thought about writing a screenplay since you have, you know, you, you are interested in both acting and writing? I've actually written screenplays and that's, um, yeah, it's kind of one of my other projects is that um, I, I still um, am acting, but I really want to be um, the either creator or co-creator of a show. Um, But I've, I've written a pilot and I've also written um, a I've also written the beginning of what I'm hoping will be a feature film. Um, but I'm really focused more on um, writing, you know, working on that pilot that I've written. Um, and I'm when things kind of settle with everything going on in the world right now with COVID, um, my goal is to pitch that um, pitch that show around and see if anyone is interested in it. But yeah, I really, I do love screenwriting. Um, it's different for me. Like it's, um, I don't think screenwriting will ever mean to me what writing a novel means because you can obviously get so much more in touch with the internal thoughts of a character when you're writing that novel. Um, and it's, to me, it's like when, you know, writing a novel, like I really, like I get, I really like deep, dive deep into the perspective of that person not that I don't do that with a screenplay, but it's just a little bit different in terms of that point of view that you're writing. It's interesting because I have this theory that people are kind of afraid to, I guess, do do them or do what makes them happy over like other people's expectations or what other people think is practical. But it seems like you've kind of made your way into the arts, doing acting and writing how do you balance that? Because I know it could be tough with, you know, maybe people telling you like, oh, that's not a real job or that's not, you know, that's not how do you make money or, you know. Yeah. And that's a that's a really good question, too, because that's one of the reasons why. Um, I mean, I knew from a little from I knew from being a little kid, I wanted to I knew I wanted to act and I'm sure that a part of me deep down knew I wanted to write, even though I didn't recognize that, but neither of these jobs, you know, like you said, like neither of them seem like things that people could actually do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, for a long time, I didn't do either of them. 
Um, I mean, I, I was in school plays in high school and middle school and um, singing, you know, was also always such a big part of who it, it was always, it still is like a big part of who I am. Um, so I was doing a lot of singing in high school. Um, but once I got out of high school and I, I went to college, I really, you know, I was more of a realist, a realistic kind of person where I was thinking, okay, well, um, what am I, I'm going to go to school for business or maybe psychology, or um, eventually I settled on history. And I just, you know, once I was in college and got out and I was in the working force, um, I just didn't think that acting was something or writing was something you could do. And um, what ended up happening was um, near the end of college, um, I took a singing class and I hadn't done anything really creative in years, um, probably since junior year of high school. Um, it was when I started to kind of work, you know, kind of push away, um, writing and, and acting and just kind of focused on things that were more, you know, that people viewed as being more lucrative. And so, yeah, I pushed all those things away and near the end of college, um, I took the singing class and, um, I just started to realize like, I, this is kind of a side topic, but um, part of the reason I did not pursue acting was because um, I always felt very self-conscious about the way I looked and uh, weight was a big issue for me. And so near the end of college, um, that final year, I actually started, like I went to the gym and um, I got, I started eating in a much more healthy kind of way. And um, I lost a lot of weight. I lost close to 60 to 70 pounds and I took the singing class. And finally, I was like, you know what, I have been very unsatisfied um, for such a long time in terms of my creative endeavors. And I just feel like I'm not living my life for the reason that I, I'm not living it. There, like, I feel like when I was a kid in middle school, even the beginning of high school, I always felt like I had a purpose. And I always connected to my either the, the writing that I was doing or um, the acting. And like, I always had all these creative goals for myself and I lost sight of my dreams. And so by the end of college, um, you know, getting into better shape again and taking the singing class, I just finally realized like, I'm, I'm going to have to work a paying job for the rest of my life. Mm. Um, I might as well at least try to get back into acting and writing and, and see what I can do. And so I actually, um, started with the acting front first, I started taking acting classes and, um, that really, it was the acting first that really enabled me to find, to refine my passion in life. And that kind of eventually led into me accepting that people were not going to necessarily agree with my life decision to do what I wanted to do. Um, that was not, I, that I would have to find my own support. Um, but fortunately, like, just like with the writing groups that I'm in, there are other actors that I ended up bonding with. And a lot of us were going through the same thing. And so um, through like that camaraderie, I kind of learned that, you know, it kind of reinforced what I was starting to learn, which is that if you really want to do something, even if it's not a popular thing to do, even if your family and friends that are saying that's not realistic, 
there is a, there's always a realistic way to do what you want to do. And so I've always worked another job that at that pays that brings in money so I can pay my bills and that I am not struggling. And that's the thing is that you always hear this concept of the struggling art or artist. Mm-hmm. I've, I have never been a struggling artist in the sense of that because I've always had another job and that makes it so much easier, especially with the writing. Even now, like writing is not my number one income. Um, my day job is, and I love right. that's how it is because when I write, I am not writing. You're not bound to it for, yeah, for income, right? Exactly. And I'm not writing to sur- like, I'm not writing to pay my, my meat, to, to pay for my meals. Right. So the writing can come more naturally and it's not rushed and it's not like stressful writing. It's, it's like I'm writing and I'm putting books out on my own terms, not because I have to, to bring, to put food on the table. All right. I've always wondered that about myself, like in terms of being able to write full time, how would I, would I even be able to accomplish that? Because then, like you said, there's so much pressure to put out something, so I, I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice, <laughs> but there's that pressure that comes along with it. Yeah, exactly. Because it's just, um, I mean, I see on 20 books to 50 K there are people who they budget. And then eventually when they're at a place where they want to be, they will quit their other job. And it's like, wow, like that's, that's amazing and incredible. Um, I just wonder too, you know, that I'm sure that adds a lot of pressure, but, you know, kudos to anyone who is able to do that. Um, Exactly. They're very brave. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the goal eventually for any writer, especially in this world and with with self-publishing, I think that is ultimately the goal to be able to have your own business and not have another job. Um, And, you know, on the flip side, having another job can definitely take away from the time that someone needs to put into their business with writing. Um, so I understand not having that other job if someone can swing it, but, um, uh, the, the amount of stress I'm sure, um, is, uh, I'm sure that it is not always the easiest to handle. Do you feel that your family does support you? Yeah. So my husband, I'm very lucky, um, from, I actually met him in it. Um, that's, I've worked in it since 2008. Um, I met my husband at one of my IT jobs and he knew by, by the time I met him, I already knew that IT was just, um, I, I enjoy IT. Um, it's very, it's fascinating to me. I've, I loved growing in this, um, industry, but, um, my husband knew, like, I already knew that what I really wanted to do was act and write and be out in LA. Um, and I met my husband at one of my IT jobs in Pennsylvania And he was very um, supportive of my dreams from the very beginning. Um, And he has, he kind of grew into um, my biggest cheerleader. And so he's always the first one reading my books outside of like my critique partners. He's the first one reading the the final product once I have kind of gone through the different drafts. Um, And he's always the one saying that he believes in me before anyone else. And so um, it's very encouraging to have someone like that in my life who um, is always making me feel like I can do it and that I'm special. And like, he's just very, um, I don't know like what I would do if I didn't have that positive voice in my life. 
um, telling me that I could keep going and that I could do this because there are obviously times where um, that's a struggle because there's so many, like especially being self-published, there's just so many um, unknown factors. And so, yeah, I would say that my family is very supportive. Um, my extended family is too, um, but um, it's kind of like at this point, I am who I am and they've, even the people who voiced concerns, they can't really voice too many concerns because I've always been able to pay the bills. Right. Uh, and so there isn't much they can say about me doing this. <laughs> That's great. It seems like your books are kind of character driven, I guess, in a sense that like on your website and everything, you say you focus on people who are different and, you know, people with mental health issues and, and different things. What draws you to that? Well, I feel like I'm different. And, and I know like, you know, I've met a lot of writers who feel the same way too with that. But um, I, going back to the time when I was a kid, I've always felt uncomfortable in my skin. And um, it's taken me a long time to feel comfortable. Like even, like I have struggled with social anxiety for most of my life. And it took me a long time to feel comfortable um, talking to people in certain circumstances. And, um, you know, it, being on, I, I'm a ho- I was a host for AfterBuzz TV um, when they were still around. And, and, you know, obviously I was involved in different shoots for acting. That kind of helped me deal with the social anxiety. Um, but before that, like, I just, I very much struggled um, with, certain conversations with people. And um, so, yeah, like, so I draw on a lot of that um, feeling uncomfortable. Um, I have felt at times alien, like that's a word that I will, you know, gladly share. Like that's um, to me, like I've always felt like the odd person in any circumstance. And so um, that's kind of the emotion I love to capture with people and the, the, the kind of characters I love to write. Um, I have a, I, I also have a tendency of writing characters who um, they might be on the spectrum. And um, that's because I've kind of felt like, you know, never been diagnosed, but I've kind of felt myself to be like, I might be on the spectrum. And so it's kind of like um, a situation where I take characters who I kind of relate to and I give them their story. And I feel like in romance, um, I've read a lot of romance and I, I have not read too many stories um, that focus on characters who might be um, that, who might be struggling a lot with mental health or with maybe something like being on the spectrum or just feeling like they're different. And so, um, yeah, that's really what um, those are the kind of people that I really uh want to focus on. And um, that's just where I'm drawn to. In terms of heat level of your writing, is it more steamy or more sweet? It's not sweet because there's always a sex scene. (laughs) Right. (laughs) um, The best way to categorize my heat level is by saying that the emotion comes first. It will usually start very centrally. And then there will, there's almost always a sex scene. Um, and maybe two, <laughs> but, That's okay. but it, yeah, 
<laughs> but it's not like I wouldn't say steamy because steamy, you know, to me, steamy is like from page one. Maybe that's maybe that first or second chapter. It's like the steam has, you know, like you can just feel that sexual tension. For me, it's not always like that. I would like to believe that it's um, when I write characters that you always feel the emotional connection from the beginning. But it takes it usually takes a bit for the actual steam to come into play um, because I usually write characters. I really love slow burns. Um, and that's even if like I'm thinking of Prometheus Burning, which is one of the um, standalone novels that I have and um, which is a different case because Prometheus Burning, um, it's actually it's kind of like Ghost meets The Notebook because the main character is actually not in the living at first. Um, and so it's kind of a ghost romance story. And, uh, yeah. So the whole thing is that they, the, the two people that I talk about, um, I have a slipped narrative. So there's past and present and they dated in the past as teenagers. And so, um, there, there's actually a sex scene in the past and there's he, like, we already know that they once had romantic feelings for each other, but there's circumstances that it, that prevented them from staying together and mm-hmm. lots of miscommunications and so in the present like you, the reader knows that they were once together and this these are two exes and they're just there's you know obviously he's not living but there's a twist at the end that um kind of resolves that part but that's yeah it's um it's a very it's a different kind of romance and uh there's obviously in the present, it's a little bit harder to make that steamy <laughs> when that's the circumstance, but yeah. Well, that sounds like an amazing read. I'm all into the angsty slow. I, I could do slow burn. I like, I like all levels of heat in romance, honestly, but that one sounds awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> yeah. And um, that's like, yeah. So in a lot of my books, um, I have, I actually have about 15 novels I've written, um, but they're not yet published, but in a lot wow. of, I've, yeah, like I, cause I wanted to have, before I ever published the first book, I wanted to have a backlog of completed works because I didn't want to have the pressure of, oh man, I haven't written a book this year. I need to quickly turn one out. I wanted to take the time to, you know, I wanted to dedicate more time to the writing ahead of schedule. Right. Um, have that so but yeah a lot of the books that I've written um they I like to to cons- I like to say that they're more ethereal in nature mm-hmm. um so they'll have that element of oh you know well I mean Prometheus Burning is more blatant with that with you know the guy who is no longer in the living at first and um it's literally you know a woman who's confronted by the ghost of her past Um, And so very quite literally, but then um, in other books I've written, even though that, even though the two people are both in the living, um, there is this ethereal quality and uh, almost like a spiritual quality too, not religious, but like spiritual in the sense that um, there, you know, there, there's, there are certain discussions about life and death that um, kind of bring it more of that quality. Okay. Can you share what's on the horizon? We have just a couple minutes left. Yeah. So um, I am writing, well, so there's the short story that I have coming out with um, Storybook Pub Christmas Wishes, 
which is kind of follows the normal trope that I go with, which is an ex, two exes who run into each other, um, who end up having to end up reconciling. Um, And then I also have another standalone novel that's coming out in January um, called Their Darkened Hollywood Sky. And uh, it's my favorite trope again. It's the two exes who end up meeting in Los Angeles um, one of them, the female is a, um, she works as a host, um, doing like media news and she ends up bumping into her ex on a red carpet and he is a successful director and they kind of have to grapple with that and, uh, end up back in each other's lives, um, for better or for worse. So that's, that's the standalone I have coming out in January. And then, um, I have a lot of other novels that are already pre-written that uh, will probably be coming out in the next couple of years. Awesome. Well, congratulations. Thank you so much for joining us so early. Mm-hmm. And check out Rachel's uh, reader group on Facebook. It's Romantics with Heart. And it was great to meet you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for having me on the show. If you made it this far, you survived another episode of Married to My Writing. Stay tuned for our next episode when we catch up with Terza Schaefer. Until next time.